Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 163 here. And I think we have a really good segment for you here today. An interview with Eric Moher of the South End Zone podcast. The South End Zone guys are buried in college football pretty much all year long. And Eric joins us to share some insights on a bunch of prospects that I think the Rams should be interested in. So Eric is going to give us his view on a bunch of these players. Really good stuff. Check it out. And then on Thursday, we'll continue our review of the Rams' position groups. Last week, we checked in on the Rams' quarterbacks. This week, it'll be the running backs. Pretty slow news week on the Rams' front. Some coaching news. Thomas Brown gets the gig in Carolina. He will be their new offensive coordinator working with Frank Reich. That's a big loss for the Rams. Brown, an assistant offensive coach worked with the tight ends, and then moved over to help out with the running backs. And that may have had a lot to do with the reemergence of Cam Akers late in the season. So sad to see him go. The Rams also hired Jimmy Lake, the old University of Washington head coach. Not sure what his duties are going to be yet. He's coached DBs at the professional level with the Bucks and Lions. He was the guy that got suspended by Washington and eventually released for shoving a player. But that was quite a while ago, almost two years ago, and Lake finally gets another coaching gig. And the Rams are bringing back their old DB coach, Aubrey Pleasant. Remember, he took a job with the Lions and then was fired, got the hatchet for some really bad performances, got fired right after that Dolphin game where the Lions secondary gave up a ton of yards to Tua and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and allowed the Dolphins to come back and win that game. But he's coming back to the Rams to help out that secondary. I haven't been doing a lot of sports pet peeves, but this time of year, something always pops up that bothers me, especially when you're a fan of the Rams and they don't have a first-round pick. We get all these mock drafts that go through the first round. Can we please just maybe offer the first pick for all these teams that don't have a first round pick, it would make for much more interesting reading for fans of the Rams and a couple of other teams. But CBS did offer a two round mock draft. Had a couple of issues with it though. Jeff Kerr, the writer of this article, he stated their needs as being wide receiver, edge, and offensive guard. Edge, yes. Offensive guard, I could go either way on that. We'll talk about that a little more in a second. But wide receiver, you know, if you're going to say the Rams need help at wide receiver, you could say they need help everywhere. Wide receiver wouldn't be in my top five. He also said the Rams don't have a lot of draft picks. Now, right now, sure, they don't have a lot of draft picks, but any NFL writer should know that the Rams will likely have 10 by the time the draft starts in late April. I'm sure Jeff's a fine writer. I don't mean to pick on him, but... This is a problem when you have writers try to chime in on all 32 teams rather than being an expert on one. We're going to come back on Thursday and review another mock draft. We'll give that one a lot more attention. This one's by Tankathon. But real quickly, I'll summarize Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports' two-round mock draft. 
He had the Rams selecting Cody Mock, the toothless and ruthless offensive guard out of North Dakota State. And by the way, the Seahawks with the very next pick selected John Michael Schmitz, the center a lot of Ram fans are falling in love with. Still on the board at that time, tight ends Dalton Kincaid and Darnell Washington, edge rusher Isaiah Foskey, cornerbacks Emmanuel Forbes and Garrett Williams. And you know, if the Rams selected Cody Mock, I wouldn't be entirely disappointed with that. I don't think it's the best direction to go, though. Maybe a couple weeks into free agency, I'll change my mind on this. But look at it this way. An interior offensive line of Mock, Shelton, and Bress as opposed to Bress, Allen, and Shelton? Is Mock, Shelton, and Bress or Mock, Shelton, and Allen going to solve all the Rams' problems as opposed to rolling with Bress, Allen, and Shelton? Now, we're not sure about Bress, but we know what we're getting in Allen and Shelton. Allen, a solid run blocker, gets injured, dinged up a lot, though, and Shelton, pretty solid. You bring in another rookie like Mock, Hoping that's going to solve all your offensive line problems. I'm just not convinced. And by the way, Bucky Brooks listed his top five guys at each position, and he listed Mock as his fifth best tackle. So if you're looking at Mock as a guy that you can plug in at a few different places, then maybe he is the answer. But I still wouldn't go offensive line with that second round pick. So let's get into this discussion with Eric Moher of the South End Zone podcast. We'll be back with that in a second. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Hey everybody, Mark from Rams Up here. I have a special guest with us today, Eric Moher. How you doing, Eric? Uh, good. I, I don't know how special I am, but I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Eric is part of the South End Zone podcast, and they specialize in college football, and they know a lot about these college football prospects. They're part of the Pigskin Podcast Network that uh, Rams Up belongs to. And they uh, reached out to everybody and said, hey, if you want to talk college football prospects, Give us a shout and we'll jump on your podcast and help you out. And that's what we've done. We've invited Eric on and we're going to talk about some of these prospects that I've been talking about. Uh, and he's going to set me straight on which ones uh, maybe we would be happy to, to draft and others that maybe not so much. Hey, so Eric, tell us a little bit about your podcast, what you guys do. Um. Well, like you said, college football, um, primarily a lot of our approach in season is on the really more the picking of the games and the betting, betting lines and spreads. You know, off season, we're going to coming up, at least we're going to be talking about the draft as well. But, uh, you know, we're not 
super serious about it. Um, I guess the, the feedback we we get from the people that do like the show is we don't try to be something we're not. We're just guys, you know, we're just college football junkies really more than anything else is the easiest way to say it. Um, you know, in season, I'll probably watch anywhere from eight to 13 games in a week um, because I don't watch a lot of NFL. So, you know, I, I kind of front load my football weekends up to Saturday and, and get as much as I can. So, you know, some of these guys we're talking about, you know, I've seen a number of times over a couple of years in some cases. So how, you know, I'm by no means a talent evaluator uh, necessarily, but I can tell you what I saw when I watched them uh, in college. Oh, that's perfect. And any additional information we can get, any, uh, any more, any additional perspectives we can get. And I think, you know, I don't claim to be an expert either. And I think I've already misspoken about some of these players and some of these position groups. And, uh, we got some time to get to get it straight before the draft, so that's why why we wanted to have you on. So the first thing uh, we were going to talk about is the cornerbacks, and I sent you a little list yep. of guys that I think uh, would hopefully be available, potentially be available when the Rams draft uh, at the thirty six spot: uh, Emmanuel Forbes, Garrett Williams, Eli Ricks, Traverius Hodges, Tomlinson, Garner out of LSU, Tyreek Stevenson. I just added Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford to this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you feel about these guys? Is there anybody that jumps off the page as that's a guy you got to try to go get? Uh, I think all of these guys, I, to answer the first part of your question, I think all seven of these dudes will be available at 36. Okay. Um, if I'm the Rams and I'm, or if the Rams hired me and said, make our first pick, you know, right, 36th overall, take a corner. I think the guy I would look at first is Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. If he is the guy that the Rams ended up with, I would tell you, you know, on balance, Rams fans would like him, but you're not going to love him all the time. So he's a gambler. Uh, he is a gambler. He's he reminds me a lot of uh, Trevon Diggs in Dallas, right? He's going to get a lot. He's going to pick off a lot of balls. He's going to he's going to defend, you know, break up a lot of passes, defend the pass well. But he he is a ball hawk and he's sometimes over aggressive. Now there's good with that, right? Like his I think five or six career pick sixes at Mississippi State, right? You take that every day. But he he is a little susceptible to maybe playing the ball or the quarterback more than the receiver, and he's going to get torched a couple of times. So there will be a lot of yeah Forbes, and there's a lot of hey, what the heck are you doing? What are you looking at? The one thing I would worry about is he is a little, he's six foot 175. So he's not going to be much help in the run game, probably. A little, and a little lean. A little on, bit lean. On the lean side, yeah. Yeah, he's he's substantially lighter than than any of these other guys, except for a guy who's four inches shorter. But uh, he should be available at 36 unless he goes to the combine and just blows everyone away at this 40 time. Uh, he, he goes out and puts up like a 4-4-2 or something. He might sneak in earlier than 36 but i think he'll be there and then i i wouldn't pick this guy at 36 but if he is available at what is it 67 or 69 69 yeah um i would jump all over him and he he might actually uh garrett williams out of Garrett williams now he might be available then because he tore his acl in october you know, teams might look at, hey, he's not going to play the first half of the season or a good chunk of the first half of the season. But he's a little bit bigger. He's also six foot, but he's about 190. He was a three-year starter at Syracuse. 
Uh, he led the ACC in pass breakups twice. Uh, he's a good player. He's just hurt, and he's not going to be available for training camp and most likely the start of the season. Yeah, the Rams are in a delicate situation at cornerback. You know, Troy mm. Hill uh, is a free agent, and uh, they drafted two rookies last year, guys you're probably familiar with, Darion Kendrick and uh, mm-hmm. Kobe Durant. And Jalen Ramsey is there, but there's all kinds of uh, rumors floating around about him possibly right. being traded. So I think the Rams are going to draft. They'll probably end up with 10 picks. They may move around in the draft, but I, I fully expect them to draft two more cornerbacks. Um, is, is there anybody here that you think may be a little overrated? I don't know about overrated, but I watch Eli Ricks play, whether it was at LSU or at Alabama. And I always come away feeling like, I don't want to say overhype, but kind of the reputation doesn't seem to match what he shows on the field. Um, so he's a guy who seems like he's still sort of living off of what people perceive his physical tools to be more than what he's doing on the field. But, you know, he last two years combined, he's had five pass defense or passes defended and one interception. Part of that is he might not be seeing the ball thrown his way a lot, which right. obviously is yeah. a good thing, but so the production's not there. Yeah, you, you just might like to see a little more. Um, the the Garner kid from LSU, I think, is interesting because I don't know a lot about him. He's at only LSU for the one year. Before that, he was two year starter at Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. Uh, when Billy Napier was there, so he he's bigger. He's a big corner. He's six two, probably something like two fifteen or two twenty. So he's a guy who's 40 time at the combine and some of those drills where they're, you know, change of direction and lateral quickness and stuff like that. He could move up, but I don't think he's a guy who's a threat to play necessarily a lot of snaps year one. Yeah. It almost sounds like the way you describe him, a guy that could uh, move to safety if they needed him to. He could be. Um, he Guys like that seem like they're sort of the prime position to to get moved to safety later on yeah um you know if we were talking about this draft 10 years ago i think the hodges tomlinson kid at tcu yeah is a guy who would go early in the second round as a slot corner i think right. teams would he's see someone smaller. who's 5'9 180 and be like okay right. well he's quick he can play in the slot but teams now in the nfl they don't just put a small receiver in the slot anymore right it, right, it, right you know yeah. so you're gonna you're gonna have this kid go you know cover george kittle Right. Like best of luck. Um, so he was a three year starter at TCU. He was a good, good college player, but I really question whether he's gonna be big enough to find a spot in the NFL and play consistently. Okay, good to know. Yeah, that that concerned me as well. What about the guy from what about the Stanford uh Caillou Blue Kelly? You know much about him? I know you're a you're a, a southeast guy, so maybe you haven't got a, as many opportunities to see him play. I've well, I have gotten a lot of opportunity to see him play because he has played a ton at Stanford. He's he's logged a lot of time uh, all four years. He's got like 150 career tackles for which a corner, so that's a lot. Um, he had 11 pass breakups and 21, and only six this year. Teams didn't really throw his way because he didn't have to because Stanford was god awful everywhere else. So. Right. Kind of the unknown with him. He's got sort of prototypical corner size. He's six foot, 195. Um, I think the question with him is going to be like, yeah, he was the best player on a bad team. Like, what does that tell me? So he, now he might be a guy worth looking at when when you're picking 69th. 
Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, certainly not in the uh, early in the second round, but the third round. Yeah. Okay. And so, and I sense that you're not a big fan of Tyreek Stevenson. Oh, did it? I miss him? Yeah. I, honestly, I'm not a, a huge fan of anyone I watched play defense for Miami the last two years. <laughs> um, no, he he's fine. He's he's very similar size to. Uh, Kelly out of Stanford. He's six foot, probably 200 ish. He was a three year starter, but again, they weren't a you know three year starter for a team that wasn't real good defensively for most of that time. He is going to probably, in terms of draft stock, is going to live and die by the combine and get those testing numbers. Okay. So, in summary, you like Forbes, uh, Williams. Uh, there's the injury concern. Yeah. Eli Ricks' production doesn't match the. Uh, the reputation really yeah. yeah tomlinson uh the size issue garner he's the one that you said could end up playing safety is just a bigger cornerback he is he's i yeah. mean compared to these other guys he's, yeah. he's kind of huge he's very uh very very you don't see a whole lot of corners who are 215 in the nfl yeah right and then you got stevenson and kelly who are probably more uh, you'd be okay with them in the third round, not so much the second. Yeah, I think I think both of those guys, if they're still there in the third round, they may not. Um, I think that'd be, I'd be pretty happy getting those guys at sixty nine. I think Garrett Williams has a chance to be the best player out of this group. Uh, he's just not going to probably contribute right away right. because of the injury. Yeah, and that's what uh, I've been doing a little mock draft experiment uh, on our on our YouTube channel where I take these three positions in different orders. And, and that's a dilemma. It's just like when you're playing fantasy football, you know, do I, do it's I, a lot like I, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, you, there's, there's always a bunch of guys you want. And so which position do you draft first uh, uh, without backing yourself into a corner later on? Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty interesting problem for the Rams as far as where they're picking and who, you know, the kind of the pit, quote unquote positions of need they have right where if you're looking to fill specific spots fill spots at certain positions at 36 and at 69 that's that kind of makes the problem more specific right right and and i could be wrong on this uh, free agency will affect this um this oh, yeah. is my take and and a lot of ram fans will take issue with me not focusing on offensive line here and and that's mm -hmm. the other problem is their offensive line was was horrible last year, but it was due mostly to injuries. And most of their offensive linemen are coming back. That doesn't mean that they're going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be a, a desperate situation. You always want depth, but you know if that comes at a cost of a guy who could start at edge or corner, right. and that's a different right. deal. Right. So it, it's. You know, Les Need knows a lot more than than I do. He'll figure it out. But uh, I think the first couple of weeks of free agency will probably uh, be very educational for Ram fans. Now, the tight ends, I've been saying for several weeks that this is a an incredibly deep tight end group. And someone corrected me and said, it's not so much deep. There's just a lot of really good guys at the top of the draft. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, kind of both, really. It, most years, you look at tight end, and you have, you might have one guy that is a first, you know, mid to late first round potential, or maybe two. You got, I mean, Rams pick thirty six. There's a chance that there's four off the board by that point. Right. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And there's some some really fascinating guys uh, on this list. Now, two of them, I'm 
reasonably sure won't be an option for the Rams at 36. Mayor and, and mayor. Well, yeah. Now Kincaid or Washington. Who's the second one? I'm not well, even pro- sure. I mean, probably both. If we're being honest, I, my guess is the uh, NFL teams are going to look at Darnell Washington and the freakish athleticism for a guy, his size. Right. And the fact that he can come in day one and, and be a good blocker at the NFL level in the run game. I mean, he is a, he is a devastating blocker. Uh, he was just eating people alive. So he's good. He's got good hands. It it's, feels weird to talk about a guy who's 6'7", 275 in terms of growing, but he is growing as a receiver. Like he's far from a finished product. There is a lot of meat left on the bone for him as a pass catcher, which is why I think teams are going to see that. He'll probably go somewhere in the top 25. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Most of the mocks I've seen, he's gone in the first round. A couple mm-hmm. of times he... Uh, I, I, these mock drafts, assimilated mock drafts. I don't. Sometimes I wonder how realistic they are, but uh, I agree. I think those top three will be gone, and Musgrave might be the might be possibly there. Although I think in other years, Musgrave in a typical year, Musgrave might be the best tight end in a draft, right? Oh, a lot of years, yeah, he would. Yeah. He's he's another freakish athlete. That's the really the impressive thing about this group is the athleticism at the tight end position is much right. much better than you would normally see. Um, Michael Mayer is kind of the best currently the best combination of pass catcher and blocker, uh, which is why a lot of people think he's the best tight end out of the group. So he's got good size, six five, two fifty five. He's he just kind of owns the middle of the field. Uh, he doesn't do anything spectacular. He's not blazingly fast. He just you know, he, he makes a contested catch really, really well. And, you know, good blocker at the college level. I expect him to be at least an adequate blocker right out of the gate as a pro. Uh, the Kincaid kid from from Utah is tough, tough, tough player. Uh, their whole, I mean, their whole team is tough. Um, yeah, I they gave USC so much trouble, and Kincaid had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I think the – I don't remember which game it was. Didn't he catch like 15 balls one of those games? Uh, that, that I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, yeah, he was like thirty. If you're a USC fan watching, but uh, he's a <laughs> he's the best pass catcher out of the group. He's yeah. really shaky as a blocker. So depending on what they do with him, you know, if he's a the guy, they maybe split out a little bit in the slot or uh, kind of use him like San Francisco uses George Kittle in terms of motioning and different yeah. positions on the field. He could be really effective. He's he's the best actual receiver out of this group, but he's not a very good blocker. Luke Musgrave from Oregon State is the most interesting guy to me, and I think he'll be available at 36. And I probably would take him at 36. He's a touch bigger than Meyer and Kincaid. He's like 6'6", 250. Uh, but he is, for a man his size, he is extraordinarily fast. He was, I don't remember if it was the Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl, but one of the practices, he got clocked right at 20 miles an hour. And, you know, the next fastest guy... The next heaviest guy who ran faster than him was like 220. So he, he's a he's the best overall kind of all-around athlete out of this group. He's got a competitive skiing background. He was a former lacrosse player. And that really shows when you watch him play. He's like ultra-athletic. Uh, he missed a lot of this past season due to injury. But uh, he has a chance to be a really, really good player. Yeah, that, that you're selling me on uh, Musgrave at 36 there. That's for sure. Yeah, and the thing about the Rams is, you know, they not only ask their tight ends to block, they ask their wide receivers to block. Yeah. So um, as much as 
Ram fans might love Kincaid, that might take him off McVay's board. And not that he's going to be there anyways. Yeah. And well, and you look at it, you know, they can teach him to block. Yeah. Uh, they can't, they can't teach a slow guy to be fast. Right. To, right. to a certain extent. Um, so the, anything that would kind of sway them away from drafting Dalton Kincaid right now is, is fixable and there's nowhere to go but up in terms of his blocking. Um, another guy they might look at is Sam Laporta from Iowa. He's a touch smaller. He's like, he's about actually about the same size as Kincaid. He's 6'4", 250 ish. He doesn't like jump off as doing anything real well when you watch. He just gets open and he catches the ball. And, but he doesn't blow you away at his speed or his size or, or athleticism. He just, you know, he's the all time leading receiver receptions by a tight end in Iowa history. And you think about guys, you know, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, George Kittle, all, I think Dallas Clark is an Iowa guy. The, the tight ends that have come through there over the years. And he's got, he's their all time leader in receptions by a tight end. I have to admit, I don't know a lot about him. Uh, so that's good to know. I almost sound a little like you're describing Tyler Higby a little bit when you talked about uh, it. A little bit. I mean, he doesn't jump off the screen at you. He just gets open and catches the ball. He's a tough, tough runner. He's not he's not uber agile or great. He just he he's a good tackle breaker. He's not gonna make a lot of guys miss. He'll he'll run through some people. He won't be someone maybe they want to spend the 36th pick on that might be a little high, but yeah. if they, if they went another direction at 36 and he was there at 67 or 69 or whatever he said, I keep forgetting. Um, then I think they would, he probably wouldn't be there, but if he is, they should definitely take him in the third. He could, he could be a starting quality NFL tight end. Okay. Good to know. And the reason I included Payne Durham on here, I wouldn't have, uh, but then he that senior bowl happened. Mm-hmm. People were talking about him after that. And does he belong where I have him? Is he a guy that you would consider at the top of the third round? The top of the third, yeah. Him and the kid from Michigan probably both would be there in with Laporta. Kind of a third round, if they're still there, go ahead and grab him then. They, they might be late second. Uh, someone else might snatch him up. But yeah, uh, very similar size and athleticism wise he's you know purdue plays kind of a pro style if you will offense not that that necessarily means they run the same type of offense as the rams but you know they they throw it a lot he catches a lot of balls he's an okay blocker uh he's not bad by any stretch but he i could see using a third rounder on him as well yeah and the rams could pass on tight ends altogether it's just a theory of mine that tyler higby his time with the Rams may be coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got he's got another year in his contract, but they could uh, get out from underneath this contract without too much pain, and they have some real salary cap issues. Right. So uh, whether they whether they roll with them another year or not, I think they need to improve their tight end group. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I'm a Vikings fan, and we haven't had a healthy tight end play a full season. It seems like since I was a kid. It's it's sort of, you know, you can always use a second one if they're looking for a guy who they maybe need to develop for a year and could turn into a player. There are a couple that we'll we'll talk about maybe later on. Just to be clear, a lot of Ram fans will tell you that Bryson Hopkins, who has been their number two tight end, is destined for a bigger role. He's a fourth-year guy, did not contribute year one, really stepped up during their playoff run after Higby got hurt. 
but then kind of disappeared again last year. So I'm not convinced, but they do have him as their number two guy, potentially number one. Okay, let's talk about Edge. Now, you know, some of these guys are all over the place in mock drafts. I've been seeing I love yeah. to all top guys off. And the more I read, the more uh, I, this order I have for the listeners, I have Felix Anaduke Uzama out of Kansas State, BJ Ojolari, LSU, Andre Carter, the guy out of Army, Nolan Smith out of Georgia, who I think if you're ranking these guys I'm listing, he might be number one. And then uh, Tuli Tuipulotu out of USC, who I've seen listed as uh, defensive line and edge. I guess the first question is, will Nolan Smith be there at 36, do you think? Or is it even realistic to think he'll last that long? The more I, the more mock drafts I see, the less often I'm seeing him get out of the first round. Yeah, for, for a guy who is, plays edge at 235, 240 and missed the second half of this season with a, a pectoral muscle tear, he seems to be moving up. Um which is kind of weird to me. He doesn't seem to have the the type of size that NFL teams look for. Right, right. Um, So I think his size really is the biggest issue versus the run. He's a really explosive athlete. He's quick. Uh, He's a a really good – he has at least the reputation, not like I know this firsthand, but uh, he has got the reputation of being a a great teammate and a good leader. I don't know that the, the Rams are looking for a rookie to come in and be a leader on the defensive line when you're talking about guys like Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner on the roster, but uh, he's one of those guys, coaches will love him, uh, his attitude, his approach. He feels to me more like a situational pass rusher than an every down edge player because of his size, but for his size also, he's he's pretty strong, right? very, very fast, very quick. He sounds like one of those guys where you, you got to be, sometimes you, you look at the measurables too much and you overlook the fact that he's just a great football player somewhat and it feels like that it could be the case but you know still the size really good edge rushers in the nfl are all a very similar size and they're that all that similar size for a reason right Um, it's because you have to be so i don't think he'll be there at 36 and i guess they would i would probably take him at 36 but it doesn't doesn't seem like he'll still be around. If I, if I could read your your um, what you're telling me right here is you would almost hope someone else takes him so that you don't have to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, kinda. I mean, that's not that's not unfair to say. I, I right. think if I was less Sneed and someone who might be looking for an edge rusher is picking at 33, part of me would be thinking, okay, well, if you if you if you just take him, then I don't have to make the decision and I can look <laughs> elsewhere. And right. So there's, there's a little bit of boomer bust type of, of flavor yeah. to him. Okay. Uh, what about Anaduke a, a Uzama? I watched him in the bowl game, and he flashed a couple of times, but mm-hmm. that's that's about it as far as how much I've seen. Uh, well, he's tough to tell for me because he played inside a lot at Kansas State. They play a, more of a 3-4 front. And so he played a lot more of 3-4 defensive end where he's lined up on the inside shoulder of the tackle. Uh, as opposed to like true edge coming off off of you know the edge, so yeah, and he's so he's got you know much more uh, typical size as an edge rusher than Nolan. Like he's sort of a tweener where he's played inside a lot in college. He's not going to be able to in the NFL because he's two fifty five. 
So he goes to a 4-3 front team. He could probably play edge. It's just tough for me to tell how good I think he could be because I haven't seen him do it a lot. Fair enough. How about Ojolari? Um, you know, I've read several of his draft profiles. Uh, you try to garner, you know, sift, sift through the weeds when you're reading that stuff. and But it's pretty impressive. A lot of people really love him. Um, I've actually watched him since high school. So he went to high school in Marietta. We actually played them um, in the in the playoffs, first round of the playoffs, his senior year. So he played left guard and defensive end. He went both ways. They And that team, <laughs> that high school team, not to get too off the subject, Eric Gilbert, who was at LSU in Georgia and just transferred to Nebraska, their quarterback went to Tennessee. I think he's at U, either UNLV or New Mexico State now somewhere. They had a bunch of of college players, uh, and he was fantastic even then. He went to LSU. He played right away. He's a little bit bigger than Nolan Smith, but not real big. Uh, but he's fast. He's like fast, fast. If you're going to have him on the edge, you might want him on the on the left side where maybe he's not going against the other team's best tackle and he would hold up a little better in the run. But uh, listeners might actually hear the name and think, God, why is that familiar? Well, his brother, his older brother Aziz played at Georgia and got drafted by the oh, right, Giants, right. I, uh, I guess, two years ago. So right. um, very, very similar type player and type of athlete. Uh, he's really athletic. So he... I think he has a chance to be a pretty good NFL player. And he would likely be there around 36. I don't think he'll be a, a first-round guy. I've seen Nolan Smith go as early as 2025, 20, and the rest of these guys I've seen anywhere from 25 to 45 in mm-hmm. that range, more or less. Uh, Andre Carter, the guy out of Army. I read that he was disappointing at the senior ball. I'm not sure how much truth there is to that. Maybe not so much disappointing, but he didn't really stand out. But, you know, he's got, uh, you talk about leadership skills, I guess Mm -hmm. his are off the charts from what I've read. You got to take on him at all? Not really. I don't pay too much attention to the service academy guys because their, their status as far as whether they can play is always unclear. So, I mean, he's, he's produced, he's put up big number two years in a row. He, he's a good player. I think he could be an NFL player. Whether he can play right away and how all that works is a little bit of a question mark. But uh, he he would be a guy that, again, available at 36. I would probably take a look at him. I think that's kind of a, about the right area. What about Thule out of uh, USC? Is he um, is he an edge rusher or is he? I don't think so. I don't. Th- I mean, if, I've if seen him wanna... it both ways. Well. I guess he can put edge next to his name all he wants. When when you're 290, like he is, you're not going to, you're not going to play the edge. Most likely he's, he feels more to me like um, a three, four defensive end where he's playing a little more inside. You could maybe put him on the edge as more of a edge setter than an edge rusher. I think he could be a really good three, four defensive end and play a little more inside as opposed to just a pass rusher. Yeah, but, I was going to say, if he's versatile, he may be a good option for the Rams in that, you know, they have some, we're talking about their salary cap and, and free agency and such, you know, that Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines are both free agents, unrestricted free agents. So if they can't figure that out, maybe uh, not so much as an edge rusher, but just a rotational defensive line guy, maybe he would be an option. Yeah, and I think he'd be a good option as a defensive lineman, maybe just not as an edge rusher when you're talking about 
pressuring the quarterback. Um, you know, he's going to be should be pretty good against the run. He's he's really really strong, uh, probably even stronger than you would guess a six four two ninety football player is. But I just don't know that he can get to the quarterback. Fair enough. Uh, so in summary, I think if I uh, if I could summarize your opinions here, I think you're saying Nolan Smith's probably the number one guy, but Boomer Bust, there's some risk there. Now, when I say number one, I'm talking about just this list that we've discussed. There are a few guys that are clearly a notch above this list, but there's no way they're slipping to the Rams at 36. Uh, Ojalari is a guy you really like. Felix Anaduke Uzama, but you haven't really seen him play that much on the edge per se. But uh, both of those guys would be valid uh, top of the second round picks. Carter, his availability is a concern. And uh, Tui Pelotu, more of a rotational defensive line guy as opposed to an edge. Yeah, or even just, maybe not even rotational, just inside. Um, I think he's more of an interior guy. Yeah, when I say rotational, I, I, I'm probably leaning on the way the Rams use their defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They they rotate guys in dependent on the down and distance. Down distance, and okay. Such and, yeah, um, and then there's a couple other guys who I don't know that they want to pick as high as 36, but they should be available that are at least worth kicking the tires on. Uh, Derek Hall out of Auburn and Keon White out of Georgia Tech are both kind of interesting for different reasons to me. Um Hall is he's he's pretty strong. He's really really fast. He's just I guess what they kind of call a linear. He uh, fast. He he doesn't change directions well. He's not particularly quick in space, but he's very strong. He's very fast. Long arms. He might be more of a project, but maybe has a chance because of his athleticism to be a pretty good player. And then Keon White is really interesting to me because he's just learning the defensive end position uh, he's a converted tight end he's about six five two seventy so he's a little bit bigger he tests well at the combine he could really really climb up um, yeah and he is a name i have seen um appearing in some mock drafts i think in the second round if i'm not mistaken yeah he could be a guy they look at at 36 depending on how he tests because of his athleticism as a former receiver or tight end rather they might want to take a look at him now, I have been told by others that the the three positions that are pretty well stacked in this draft are cornerback, tight end, and running back. And the Rams running back room is a little dicey. You know, they got Cam Akers, who they had a little standoff with him in the middle of the season where he didn't play for like three games. And then he came back and uh, played pretty well. They drafted Kyron Williams last year. They definitely need to draft a running back. Are, are there any running backs later in the draft that you think would be a, a steal in, let's say, the fifth round? I think in the fifth round for running backs, you might be looking at a guy like Dwayne McBride from UAB. Pretty decent size, uh, 5'11", 215. He's very quick in small spaces. He's elusive. I don't know that he'll necessarily be there in the fifth, but you you read up on the draft and you only get to a certain point in the draft before you you stop kind of figuring out or ballparking where guys are going to go. Oh right? yeah, it's you, know, you can see oh top one hundred. Well, that doesn't get me very far. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric Gray from Oklahoma, very similar as far as elusive, quick feet, small space. He was at Tennessee for a couple of years and played the last two seasons at Oklahoma. He's on the smaller side, 
but he's got he's got like a I guess really good burst would be the best way to describe it. He he can cut and accelerate really really well. So he might be worth a look if he's still around. When do you think A chain? Do you like A chain? Do you think A chain will get drafted early? I like him. I, I like him, but he's just a little on the smaller side. So I worried about him his ability to stay healthy. Right. So, and I think a lot of NFL teams probably will as well. So it's a little bit of a crapshoot on where he's going to go. I, I think someone's going to look at him and watch the film and see what he can do and kind of do the, you know, get sort of attach themselves to what the best case scenario could be with a guy like him and worry less about the injury risk because any running back you pick is at risk of getting injured. Um, right. It's unavoidable to a certain extent. It's just a matter of to what degree of risk you're willing to take on it. So I don't think A-Chain will be there much past the third would be my guess. I just watched some film on him the other day, and uh, it's so easy to fall in love with uh, that mm-hmm. kind of speed. And, and that's oh, it is. with 10 picks. I wouldn't. Well, they're going to draft a running back, and uh, I think they need to add. And, and you can find good running backs in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Oh, yeah. The guy, Isaiah Pacheco, when did he go last mm-hmm. year? I think it was in the seventh, wasn't it? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I think it was, yeah. I know it was late. Yeah. And so any other uh, late round values that you wanted to talk about? Well, you get into the late rounds, kind of the positions we've discussed. Um, like at corner, uh, there's a kid at Kansas State, Julius Brents, who might fall. I I thought he was a good player watching him play. Um, Daryl Luter Jr. out of South Alabama is blazing fast. Uh, he acquitted himself well at the the post. I don't remember if it was the Shrine or the, or the Senior Bowl, but he he had a really good week there. The you know the small school might scare some people off in terms of level of competition, but the physical tools I think are there. Uh, tight end late. There's a guy that if they want to wait a year because they still have Higby on the roster, they might take a look at Zach Kuntz, who is from Old Dominion. He's a little more of a project, but he's six eight two fifty, and so you can kind of you can watch him and be like and just have like dreams of red zone touchdowns uh, dancing through your head. Uh, but he's he's not he's not a finished product, and he would be probably not a a year one starter. Um, yeah, his measurables are very similar to a guy I wanted to mention, Jelani Woods from last mm-hmm. year, who had a, a pretty good rookie season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, similar, uh, yeah. a guy who's a little smaller is a kid out of Oklahoma, Braden Willis. Uh, he is going to probably be like a fourth or fifth round guy, but he would be just a guy at tight end. He wouldn't, I don't think be anything special in the NFL. Okay. Last question. And then I'll, uh, let you, uh, get off and enjoy the rest of your evening. And the Rams quarterback, mm-hmm. the Rams backup quarterback situation has been a bit of a mess. Okay. Um, John Wolford and uh, Bryce Perkins uh, were both pretty much utter failures after Stafford went down. They brought in Baker Mayfield, and we were really happy with the way he played, but he's a free agent. And I've, I've been arguing for a couple of years they need to bring in uh, a solid, you know, real viable NFL quarterback as a backup. But are there any guys that, that you think – could be drafted late in the draft. I got Tanner McKee out of Stanford as a, mm-hmm. as a potential, one potential such guy that could come in and, and 
and be a, a decent backup fairly quickly. Uh, I think there's two guys that kind of head that list for me, and he's one of them because as a as a backup quarterback, you don't get a ton of reps in practice. You just don't. So if you're talking about bringing a rookie in to be the number two, it's got to be someone who can process and learn the offense without the practice repetitions. So there's a kind of a, a brainy element there. A uh, kid from Stanford obviously is going to be likely to fit that bill. And another guy who probably midway through the year would have been fifth round at best. And then sort of the second half of the year, maybe played his way up to people are thinking he might be a third or fourth round pick. And that's Stetson Bennett. Um, oh, okay. So, and I know I've, I've read a couple of different um, articles or columns or interviews where Todd Monken has, has talked about why he thinks Stetson Bennett, you know, could have a eight year NFL career as a, as a backup is because his ability to process and learn the offense without being on the practice field under center all the time. So he's obviously got a ton of playing experience at a high level. Some of the the size questions obviously are going to, you know, he's not a particularly large guy, so that'll sort of work against him. And he wasn't really looked at as a prime draft pick for a reason. So Right, and he's played some big-time football, that's for sure. Yeah, so if he's there in the fifth round and you're looking for someone who can, hey, you know, if Matthew Stafford gets hurt, and I need to bring someone in, you know, can they at least go out there and function, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to add a second pro bowler. I just, someone who's not going to embarrass himself. Uh, well, yeah, what, what they need is someone who, you know, if Stafford, uh, I don't think it's realistic to bring in, I mean, you can always hope you get the next, you know, Tom Brady or Kurt mm-hmm. Warner, someone's just going to walk out there and take you to the Super Bowl. Right. But realistically, you're looking for a guy, if Stafford were to miss three or four games, he can win you a couple of them. Yeah, just just win me two, just win me two out of four until right. the, the number one gets back. Um, yeah. And another guy who I think will be in the fifth round available, uh, Kyle Vantrese from Georgia Southern. So they threw the ball all over the field. Uh, he, he played a couple years at Buffalo when Lance Leipold was there, the Kansas coach. And he threw, I think he was fourth or fifth in the country in passing yards this year, uh, chucked it everywhere. So he might be a guy that they could look at as well. Hey, let me ask you one last question. Okay. A lot of Ram fans are, are going to blast me if I don't ask this question. If they're drafting at 36, is there a an offensive lineman, interior or outside, that the Rams should not pass on? There's guys guys that I think that come to mind are Jalen Duncan, uh, guys like that. Are, are there any that you think are just going to be studs in the NFL that the Rams should jump all over? There's a faction of Ram fans that think it just needs this massive overhaul that I just don't think it's realistic because like I say, most of them are coming back. Uh, let's just get everybody healthy, mm-hmm. maybe draft one offensive lineman in the middle of the draft and uh, go get them. Depending on what happens, Sean McVay could surprise me and use that first pick on an interior offensive lineman, but we'll see. Ram fans are still really upset that the Rams drafted Tutu Atwell when Creed Humphrey was there. And still, uh, still stewing over that because Creed Humphrey has turned into quite a football player, and Tutu's starting to uh, produce, but it's taken a while. I mean, there's a couple guys who might go late in the first, maybe somehow slip, like Osiris Torrance from Florida, probably won't be available at 36. I, I think if he is, 
the Rams might break land speed records, getting their card up to the podium to take him. I think a lot of the mock drafts I've read, he's in the in the low twenties, which is sort of a prime spot where if there's a run on a certain position that's not offensive line, maybe he falls a little bit. That would be kind of the only guy who could realistically get to them that I would jump at. Yeah, and he's a guy that's going to be you're going to plug him in, and he's going to start day one from what I've read about him. Yeah, he's a he's a very mean blocker. He's got kind of a mean streak. Okay. I really appreciate your time, man. That's good hey, stuff. No uh, I think uh, as we get closer to the draft, all of us NFL fans that haven't been paying close attention to college football, now we're now we're cramming, getting ready for the NFL draft and learning a little bit each week, and this helps a lot. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I've kind of found that a lot of people um, either watch a lot of college football like me or watch a lot of NFL and not much college football, and there's there's not a whole lot of people who watch a ton of both. Yeah, well, my, my dilemma, I don't know if it's a dilemma. I think my MO has been for the last 30 or 40 years, my family knows that they are surrendering Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't bother me for three or four hours on a Sunday. So I've tried not to be that guy that watches football all weekend. I'll I'll, I'll sneak into the back room on a Saturday night and watch mm-hmm. USC Utah maybe. But uh, it's kind of a trade-off, right? You know? Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I park it on the couch at 11.45 a.m. on a Saturday, and I usually get up around midnight, uh, depending on what's going on with the Pac-12. And that's really all I can reasonably expect my wife to put up with. So, Right, exactly. Yeah. I might watch the Vikings or have it on in the background while I'm, you know, doing whatever chore, folding laundry or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely limits. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, Eric, and I uh, really appreciate it. Hey, you bet. Maybe we'll have you guys back on sometime as we get closer to the draft. Uh, get some extra expertise from you guys. I really appreciate it. If there's anything you ever need from us, reach out to us. Uh, let us know. All right, we'll do. Thank you for having me. Okay. Okay, thank you. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan and Crimson Fly by Hamam.